1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: Taking you up to 6.30 on the fan all over D.C., Richmond, and wherever you're at on the Odyssey app. We're Grant and Danny. I'm in Vegas, Mandalay Bay, Radio Row. Danny is in Half Street in our D.C. Studios holding down the fort. I just was talking to Warren Sharp. I just bumped into him. He went to Lake Braddock High School. I had no idea. I didn't know that. From Sharp Analytics. Uh, Yeah, he lives in Northern Virginia, and he said he's been a Virginia guy most of his life. I had no idea.
3: I would have lost all the money. I don't know where I thought Warren Sharp was from, but I wouldn't have said right around the corner for me.
0: Yeah, he probably lives – he might be your neighbor. If, if you bake cookies and take them across the street tonight, maybe it'll be the Warren If I, if I
3: rap on a door and Warren Sharp answers, like, here's where <laughs> those cookies went wrong, first down uh, success percentage, et cetera.
0: Right. His mustache <laughs> yeah. and breakdown on what you did wrong on yeah, your first intent baking those cookies. Uh, if you're just joining us, we appreciate you checking out the show. We're here till 6.30. You missed – what was a lengthy but an insightful press conference from Dan Quinn? We'll give you some of the best of that presser at six o'clock as you plan to get through your commute tonight. Uh, you'll hear some of what he had to say. One thing we have not hit on: Eric Bieniemy's out. Now, this is not a surprise. Part of the reason, frankly, why Danny—I haven't spent a lot of time with you on this today—I know people kept saying Bieniemy could be the head coach. Bieniemy could be the offensive coordinator. To me, it was a foregone conclusion that Eric enemy was not going to remain in Washington the moment that Ron Rivera got fired. There was one small path to that, and it was a defensive coordinator hire that had worked with him maybe in the past. But when you hire a guy like Quinn or even McDonald, the OC hire becomes pertinent. You've got to get it right. And the idea that this ownership group that's been talking to players in the building for months or this new GM Peters who's been interviewing guys around the facility for weeks that they were going to just roll with the enemy after their offense struggled so immensely against good defenses in the second half of last year. I always found that pretty outrageous, but we found out today Quinn, as respectfully as he could, very classy, said, I sat down with the enemy I told him I'm a big fan. I told him I think he's a good coach, but we're not going to move forward with him.
3: I wondered if there was a possibility of a lesser role here. For Bienname, knowing that Quinn would want to bring in his own dudes and his own cadre of guys, what um, role though? You're
0: gonna. You, you can't I don't make know. Him your exactly. quarterback coach. You're gonna entrust your number two overall pick to him after what happened with Hal.
3: I mean, I certainly wouldn't. But I, again, I wondered at this co- in this coaching fraternity where Dan Quinn has been not exactly in Eric Benami's shoes. I wouldn't pretend to make it seem it's the same thing, but understands what it's like to be outside looking in and to have a perception about you, right? As a as a head coaching candidate. I wondered if he would ex- say, hey, you're welcome to stay here. We'll find something for you to do. I, I, I'm making it up. A passing game coordinator, a run game coordinator, although that'd be laughable uh, for someone that hated running the ball. But you know what I mean? Something to say, I value you, and then maybe Biennemi would say, no, I need to maintain this status. I don't think it's good for me to take a step back. I mean, He who would knows be a that run game went.
0: coordinator like I would be a nutritionist.
3: Like, yeah like, I'm, I'm, the di- I'm a in charge of diets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm in charge of not um, needing attention.
0: What's next for Biennemi now? He was leaving Kansas so late City.
3: in the cycle, Grant?
0: Well, not only that, but he was not really getting OC opportunities in this cycle anyway. I mean, it's pretty stunning. Like, look, last year didn't go very well. I don't know that nobody should be talking to him about being a coordinator. I don't think we're there. This guy has gotten 15 head coaching interviews. Now, he didn't get any of them. I understand that. But to go from that, where you were the hottest guy in a cycle or one of the hot names in the cycle for a few straight years, to basically... One head coaching interview now over the last two years, and it was with Washington. They didn't even give him the second interview. It was kind of that cursory first conversation to get on the same page. And I think the Steelers were the only team that I know of that talked to him about an OC opening. I mean, what a fall from grace over a couple of years here. He bet big, clearly, on coming to work for Ron Rivera and having success and hoping that he and Sam How, Sam How could make some sweet music. And it just didn't quite happen as the year went on.
3: Mm-mm. No, and it, there was a moment where it was trending upwards, right? The most recent sample at one point was the best games that Sam Howard played or the best he'd look consecutive when you're going, hey, maybe your corner's been turned here. But then the latest sample was worse, frankly, than the early sample. So it all kind of came crashing down. And it's, it's hard to avoid that. The best argument you can make for Biennium's time here was the bad results because that's what they were. They were bad. There's no way around that. We're not his fault. That's not an endorsement. I, I, I'm i rooting for the guy, too. I, 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 you know, again, was was thrilled that he was hired. I thought it was a good fit. It was a good design. It was the right idea. But the best you can do here is to say it wasn't his fault, whether it was Ron, the offensive line, this skill guy, this what he was savvy with or whatever. Which isn't that coaching, by the way, Which Danny? is not, but that's not an endorsement,
0: GP. But it's also, coaching is what? If you don't think Hal was very good and that was part of the problem, okay, your job is to make Hal better you don't think the line was very good and that was part of the problem your job is to mask that deficiency and and make that line better and to your point that was not the case at the midway point of the season I felt way better and way different about EB than I did at the end of the year in terms of viability long term as an OC even coaching possibilities in the future as a head coach but what I kept saying all along was they are playing the weak first half portion of their schedule here remember they had the second easiest schedule as an offense against defenses up until really the stretch of the season and that's when they were going to start playing some heavyweights and it really got ugly as they went on here's the argument i would make if i'm the enemy though like you say the the best you can do if you're defending him is well i just didn't get dealt a good hand i think the best argument he can make is i had five drives with jacoby Brissett, and we scored five touchdowns
3: and we got points yeah. Yeah. I, sp- I suppose that a small sample of a handful of drives with a veteran was a lot better than the other big sample. But again, I- I'm talking big picture. I-, I don't think anybody's fooled by a handful of drives, regardless, right? A guy that comes into the game where the defense hasn't prepared for the dude. I mean, there's a reason backups are backups, right? I mean, every once in a while you get one of those great stories, but for the most part, larger samples aren't usually tremendously kind to, to Jerry the Journey, Minor of the backup. I think you're right in, in this. You can either go look at this teeny tiny sample of a couple of drives in relief. And in addition, or uh, I was dealt a rotten hand, the, an organization that couldn't get right. The remnants of Dan Snyder, a stupid structure that made no sense. A guy that was obviously atrocious at picking players and evaluating. who was distracted. Uh, we had old dust up, get canned in the middle of the year. The worst defense of all time. I'm doing nothing but playing from behind. I'm down two touchdowns before I could breathe. Those are the kinds of things that you might have to say. But again, you look at the cycle. You look where we are right now in terms of, of, of uh, the hiring part. The feeding frenzy has kind of already happened. I don't know what he does at, at, at this point. I mean, to me, I, I know this may not be what he, what, what he wants, but if I'm advising, I'm going, go be a college coach. Go run your entire operation your way. You hold all the keys. You hold, you're the GM. You hold all the scholarships. You're, you're the de facto you know, uh, god king of this complex, of this place run your stuff, show that it works, and and get yourself hot that way.
0: How do you keep guys from leaving, though? I mean, here here is the problem the enemy has had. I think in Kansas City, quietly, but certainly in Washington, I can say with conviction, is that players have not enjoyed playing for him. I don't want to say, like, everybody, that's not my suggestion, but they are – frequent enough the complaints that the, the amount of players that you say his style we just refer to it as old school you know a lot of people just say all oh, the players are babies or whatever I, however we got here doesn't matter okay for whatever reason players either enjoy working with and for you your style resonates with them or it doesn't like th- that's where we're at and with the enemy That just hasn't been the case. So, I guess my question is if you're saying, well, college makes more sense, on the surface, I understand that. But in college, you coach a guy up, he leaves. (laughs) That's what coaches are saying now. Mm. If I scream at a guy, if I bench a guy, if I get in someone's face, you know, if I give them too hard of a, you know, stern talking to, they're in the transfer portal. I mean, is that the best place for my, I, I think what I would do if I was him is I'm starting to work as many of my contacts as I can, and I want to get a quarterback's job with a good young quarterback because that is the path and the trajectory for me, the HOV lane, to getting back into the mix as a, a head coach. You get that successful run with a quarterback, get an OC job, maybe in the same place have success, and then you get the head coaching job. It's what he bet on here. The problem mm-hmm. was he came here in the offense ranked 28th, and the quarterback bottomed out and isn't going to be the starter next year, and the team's going to be picking a new quarterback. And frankly, out of his control, he just hitched his wagon probably to the wrong car. I mean, you went to a team that was in the middle of a sale, a new ownership group was coming in, and the the head coach was likely to be fired if it didn't go well. It was why at the time I was saying this is a really huge gamble. Like, I don't think Eric Biennemi is nearly as bad a coordinator as a lot of people think. But in an era where and in a time where player engagement, player uh, feedback, feeling like they're not only being – appreciate it but even in this case you look at Andy Reid on that quarterback special guys want to feel like they have input now Danny
2: I just don't know how much of
0: that he's doing and it's weird because he comes from the same shop as Kansas City and Reid I
3: mean you got to be who you are and and that's who he is and that and as you said it may you know put him on the outside looking in at some point who knows it may snap back for every time there's a player's coach and then the team has a bunch of you know false start penalties or lines up wrong The next guy in has to be what? Disciplinary and Dave. And, you know, the the cycles will will kind of go around in circles. So TBD. But I don't know, man. It's just it's hard when you're outside looking in to get back in. You know what I mean? And there's there's a million guys that that I guess have kind of made that leap back into, you know, pro football at high levels. I'm not talking about getting bumped down and taking, uh, you know, passing game coordinator gigs or I'm trying to think of, you know, lower down quality control type guys who have worked their way back up. I mean, it took Raheem Morris, what, 18 years? Almost, what, 15, 16 years? My math stinks. But you know what I mean? Like, he went from, we can't have this guy be a head coach. Understandable that the end was really bad. He was down, not, you know, not coordinating the defense next. He didn't get bumped down one slot and then, you know, hungry to jump back in like Dan Quinn just did or or, or some others. He was down way low, hanging out with some of his buddies on the on the Shanahan tree, working his way back up for a decade and a half. That's a that's a a long arduous climb and i don't know if that's what you know is, is, is where bienemy would be best served or where you even start that first step
0: i have no issue with dan quinn wanting to come in here though and pick his own staff me neither right? reality
3: of the league uh,
0: if ron rivera was still here and he got one more year to, he got to coach out the fifth and final year of his contract i'm still not convinced bienemy would be back 100% but I think he probably would be because he was under contract. Do you really want to pay him? He was the highest paid coordinator in the league, I believe. He was certainly one of them. Uh, got a couple million bucks, maybe upwards of $3 million, uh, I'd heard at one point. So he was paid almost like half of what a head coach makes, essentially. Uh, I think they probably would have let him finish it out. And frankly, if, if you stuck with Rivera, you should have stuck with him too. Like It wasn't like it was so bad that you're keeping Rivera, but you got to get rid of the enemy. Uh, I, the problem is you got this number two pick. You got one shot to get this right. The pairing between that quarterback and whoever your coordinator is is the whole ball game now. It's what's going to determine the fate, perhaps, of the prospect and the quality of the prospect is going to determine the fate, maybe, of Dan Quinn and of the early Adam Peters era as well. So they had one shot. I'm a little surprised it was Cliff Kingsbury and not someone who was you know, part of one of the better offenses in the league last season. But you can understand why they like the idea of Cliff Kingsbury. And getting into that, Danny, Dan Quinn in his press conference today said, when asked why Kingsbury, basically when he hired Kyle Shanahan years ago, he gets a lot of credit for the staff he put together. The reason he hired Kyle, he said, is I hated playing against him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the toughest offenses, toughest schemes to defend. And as a coordinator, you know, they kicked my butt from time to time. And he said the same thing about Kingsbury. now, I haven't gone back and looked at the head to head to see if that bears out, but he said he had a short list of names he'd written down over the years that if I had another opportunity, these are guys I would want to work with, and Kingsbury was one of them.
3: I liked hearing that, and now I know the other reason I mean the real reason to me is behind the scenes he's been around a lot of great quarterbacks developmentally, right you know Pat Mah- and now whether and Kevin Clark brought this up with us a, a little bit ago. I think a really salient point: Has he maximized any of these quarterbacks? We don't know what Kyler Murray's maximum is. I guess we'll find out in, over the next you know several seasons. But he got Johnny Manziel playing the best football of his life. Uh, Pat Mahomes turned himself into a you know a, a top half of the the lottery quote unquote uh, draft. Do you give
0: pick. him credit for that one? Because I don't know Mah- Mahomes was viewed from a film standpoint as a wild card, so to speak. Yeah, You're kind of Caleb Williams-ish in a way, to be honest. Where it was like off schedule and off structure more than on structure, but that was kind of the extent of the, the dialogue coming out. Like he was not seen on the same level as much of a sure thing. Exactly.
3: Well, th- those three guys you mentioned all had that in common, by the way, that we're talking about here, right? Caleb Williams is known for the for the off schedule, as was Pat Mahomes, and certainly Menzel never met a pocket he wanted to leave uh, or didn't want to leave, rather. So I don't know. I mean, the 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 idea behind him, to me, if you're if you're talking about Kingsbury, is working with young quarterbacks. Period. End of story. I like that he probably he probably couldn't reference that because then that tip that gives away the business, they're going to take one at number two or trade back to number three or trade up to number one or whatever they're going to do to grab a new young quarterback or even reference Sam Howell because that leads to questions you probably don't want to answer at this point if you're Adam Peters and company. What you want to say is, and I like this answer, by the way. I'm not criticizing it. It's a, I don't like playing against that dude, and I'm a good defensive coordinator, and other guys feel the same thing I feel, where he puts you in jeopardy, makes you uncomfortable, makes you uh, have to do things you may not want to do, will break your rules defensively, knows you as good as you know yourself, et cetera. I want to hear that as as a fan. I want to hear that my offense isn't just lining up and pushing or lining up and doing the same stuff as everybody else or this group did each week. I want to present challenges to defenses because flat-footed defenders are slow defenders. I want to have something that they don't know is coming. I don't want them to anticipate anything, start pointing out my calls before I make them. I don't want that. And that was encouraging to hear, at least, from a scouting report perspective that that's how Quinn felt about Kingsbury
0: looking up some of the numbers Kingsbury runs the ball more than people think you know they hear air raid and they look at his college offenses you know on Saturdays where guys are throwing for 500 yards or whatever and I think the anticipation is it's the enemy 2.0 it's it's 80 20 you know pass to run or something that really isn't the case first and 10 pass rate in 2019 his first year as a coach 54 percent pass 46 percent run 2020 his second season 49 percent pass 51 percent run about dead even pretty balanced 2021 47 percent pass 53 percent run and then in 2022 almost dead even again 51 percent to 49 percent they also were efficient not unlike washington this year uh, even though they didn't run the ball a, m- a bunch, where they actually ranked pretty high in their yards per attempt. Uh, so it's it's not like he can't coach the run game. But the key to me is the relationship with the quarterback. And as you said, which of those quarterbacks did he maximize? I thought that was, you know, you're right. Kevin Clark brought that up today right here on Grant and Danny. And uh, it's hard to point to anyone and say, we, we, Murray, I think, is an incomplete because we just haven't seen him with anybody else until mm-hmm. the second half of this season in, in their offense now under Jonathan Gannon and, and Arizona's new staff. But he was coming off an ACL. But the other guys, he, he, kinda, he went 500 with Mahomes in college, which didn't mean he was a bad quarterback, but it, it didn't feel like they – you were know, the greatest quarterback of all time maybe in the future, and you were a middling college program. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Manziel was incredible. Uh, but from a development standpoint – It wasn't like as a prospect he was developed into being NFL ready. But let's get some thoughts from you guys. We have not heard from you yet on Cliff Kingsbury. I want to do that next at 800-636-1067. That's the number, 800-636-1067. Kingsbury, the OC, Joe Witt Jr., going to be a DC. Dan Quinn's staff being filled out. Grant and Danny on the fan. Grant and Danny on the fan. We are live all over D.C., Richmond, and coast-to-coast on the Odyssey app. I'm in Vegas at Mandalay Bay, Radio Row. Danny, alongside, is in our Half Street Studios. Before we get to some of the thoughts people have on Cliff Kingsbury as the new hire and as the O.C., Danny thought you and I could just take quick inventory on the Dan Quinn Presser. We're going to have some of the best clips of it in the 6 o'clock hour this evening right here on the fan, but what stood out to you most if you were going to sum it up as to what you liked and if there was anything you didn't like, what would you throw out?
3: Yeah, the very general, Jeeps. Things I liked, just the magnetic personality is obvious. He's humble, he's earnest, it's not an act. That's That becomes pretty clear, this is who this dude is, and you go, oh, okay, I see why everybody unsolicited offers opinions about how much they love the guy and how they'll run through a brick wall for him. That comes across His charisma is... Again, not a put-on. It's not sometimes. It's not for the camera. That's pretty genuine. Again, that kind of becomes pretty clear. That's number one. The uh, thing that I, I really liked was, frankly, just more than, the more I think about it, obviously Cliff Kingsbury's calling the, the plays on offense, but Joe Witt's calling the defensive plays. I, I think I really like that. I, again, Dan Quinn has defensive acumen. His bona fides are very real, and they, they should be counted. I thought that was really, really interesting, though, where he recognized – I'm not. I'm not just here to do one side of the football and hope the rest of it goes well. I'm here to kind of, you know, to, to borrow from Braveheart, to unite the clans. Here, I, I, you know what I mean. Like my job is to make sure everything's going well, uh, and I can contribute probably more on defense on offense. But I was. I actually thought that was really interesting.
0: My favorite thing is, I think that the relationship between GM and head coach is almost as important as that between the coordinator or ideally head coach and quarterback. You know, whoever's running your offense. And I think that Peters found his guy here. I think Peters in some way probably didn't want to hire someone who was going to constantly butt heads with him and or you know, do whatever it was that Vrabel was doing with Rand Carthon the first time GM last year. And I don't think he has to worry about that. Quinn made it extremely clear constantly. Almost every couple of answers that would come back to and I'm paraphrasing, this is the Adam Peters show from a personnel standpoint. I just think seeing the video of those two guys embracing uh, on the runway and, and seeing that, uh, that Quinn really, as much as I think Peters is looking forward to Quinn taking over and establishing his culture as a coach, it's obvious to me that Quinn wanted someone he could trust to handle the player stuff because he just doesn't want to be involved. And that gives me confidence that this thing can work as a tandem for those two there are a lot of other reasons why it's either going to go well or it isn't uh, as we move forward but i think that that duo is a win and i took that out of the press conference Uh, what i would have liked more of is i wanted to hear more that they think kingsbury's the right guy for their young quarterback whether that's how if they wanted to just play that game because he's on the roster or the number 2 overall pick which we all know they're probably going to be drafting. But if they didn't want to tip their
3: hand or whatever
0: suggest yeah. that they're taking a quarterback. I mean, you got an incumbent starter who was a sophomore last year and a first-time player. You now we brought in Cliff Kingsbury cuz we think he's really good with quarterbacks. And give me some numbers. Give me some of the research that Eugene Shen's department put together on what Kingsbury's done for young passers. You know, suggest that he was good for Mahomes and I, I wanted to hear more of that. I, it's nice for Quinn to say I didn't like playing against him. To me, that just feels like a coach saying words, you know? Yeah. I, they they went and got Kingsbury. Kingsbury's a big name. Uh, he is a guy that having been a head coach for four years, I think you can trust that he's going to put together a staff. He's got a lot of allies around the league. It's a Dan Quinnish kind of deal. I don't dislike it, but the production the results the numbers they haven't really been there for him certainly offensively in the NFL and so I wanted a little bit more on that part of this staff on why Kingsbury why he's going to be great Mm -hmm. why they're so confident but let's get to the calls 800-636-1067 let's go to Charles in Capitol Heights to get us started on Grant and Danny what's up Charles how are you
2: What's going on fellas? Hey, buddy. Um I gotta get I got two points. I gotta get this off my chest first. I just got on Ryan. Um my analogy, um Grant, you're Dan Quinn. Danny, you Ben johnson me the other night. Uh oh. I did not get to see you. I gotta put you <laughs> with with Grant. But you been Johnson me. I walked from my seat to the stage and you were gone.
0: Well, you if know, I may Okay, come The show, The show was over for more than three seconds. Yeah. So if you thought that Danny was still going to be sitting there by the time you got to the stage, you don't know Danny very well. It's a green room before the show, and it's home after the show. So if you wanted to meet Danny, you better have walked up on that stage and taken a picture with him Ch- mid-show. Charles,
3: I'm sorry. I, I, I was following the crowd of people off the stage. I didn't know where I was supposed to go. That was the theme of the entire <laughs> night, by the way. I literally did not know what I was supposed to do. Uh, and that, like was, I, that was that was the feeling I had.
2: Not playing right now, so he should still be.
0: <laughs> I thought you yeah, meant I'm that gonna... you were. I thought you meant you were taking a flight to go see Danny, and he texted you and said he's not going to be there when I you get I there. I won't
3: be there, and you'll find out on Twitter.
2: I know how they felt when 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 he, they couldn't get <laughs> been up.
3: That's
0: hilarious. That's great.
2: My guys, but um, I'm cool with the Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, he's the one who recruited my home. He, he started working with him. Mahomes had the luxury of sitting out some before he actually played to actually see how the game is being played. But he had he had uh, Manziel. So he, he's good with working and I'm interested in seeing how he called plays. The enemy messed itself up not running the ball and having uh, his way or no way philosophy. So I'm just so, but I just hope next time I get to take a picture with all oh my guys. So. <laughs> Thanks, dude. buddy.
3: Thanks, Appreciate man. the so call. In terms of that of, of running or not, I mean, I know, Grant, we, we'll, we'll do this until the cows come home or, or otherwise. I, I'm not one of these people that cares about how. I know that there are certain folks that cover football or that talk about football that believe it has to be a certain way. I'm not one of them. If Cliff Kingsbury has the number three offense in the sport and doesn't run it, quote, unquote, enough for some people, they can pound sand. If the offense stinks and they run it a ton, the people that yelled about run the ball, they can pounce hand too. The only thing that matters to me is they're consistently able to move the football, score points, take advantage of playmakers, find good matchups, et cetera. The best matchup might be smashing it down someone's throat because you catch them in nickel and you're in, and you're in your, uh, your, your your base too tight in offense or whatever. Whatever you got to do to be effective, and he's been effective at times, and that's worn off as seasons have gone, I, I need that to be primary, less so than play type.
0: Yeah, I think it goes without saying. Whatever works, do it, right? But you've got to find a plan to get there, and I think the reason people have opinions on the way to operate offensively is you know, there are pretty proven paths in this era that make it more easy. I don't have any problem with Kingsbury's philosophies or concepts or anything like that. You know, The question I have is, why weren't those Arizona offenses better? Why did they never rank inside the top 14? He was there for four years. I mean, that's that that's tough for me. Um, what I do like is all three of your options are wide open in terms of the quarterbacks that he has experience working with. Kyler Murray's one of the great dual threats we've seen. Ran for 800 yards a couple years ago. Jaden Daniels, check. Uh, in the case of Mahomes, right, that's as Caleb Williams-ish from a gameplay standpoint as you're going to get. But on top of that experience... Caleb Williams and Cliff Kingsbury literally worked together at USC last season. In fact, when Kingsbury got the job last night, Caleb Williams was one of the first people to publicly congratulate him on Instagram. I like to say he took out an ad on Instagram (laughs) to say, way to go, coach. And everyone took that to mean that obviously he wants to play in Washington and that the commanders are going to trade up. But it, it certainly keeps that option open for you and greases those skids. I mean, Williams, we don't know what of the rumors about him have been true and which aren't. But it seems like there's a little bit of some high maintenance. I want this situation only if this happens. Rumors floating around. And if Kingsbury's here, it would make it all the more likely in his home backyard in the D.C. area, in the DMV, that he might want to come here. So that keeps that option open. And then specific to Drake May, he's been in the air raid type offense under Phil Longo at North Carolina, who was the play caller before this season. Uh, He's got... I would think his bearings down in a Cliff Kingsbury esque passing offense. You know, maybe after the Kyler Murray experience, his preference is. I think we got to go with a big bodied pocket passing athlete who can make plays when need be, but who can win from between the tackles. And maybe that'll be what he advises. But I do like that he has, like, you know, a director who's directed comedy drama. He has dabbled, man, and he's mm-hmm. seen a little bit of everything in terms of the types of quarterbacks he's worked with. I think that's really valuable.
3: I think that's a smart point. He's the Cohen brothers. You know what I mean? A little, a little bit of everything, right? They've, they've done all the genres. I, I think that's sharp. Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 listen, the intrigue is going to be inevitable when it comes to him and Caleb Williams. I, I just glanced to my right. They're doing that on FS1 like two seconds ago, right? It was, it, is it now possible that Washington trades up? I mean, that, that's not going anywhere.
0: Remember, though. Everybody thought Dan Quinn was going to Seattle right away. Yep. Everybody thought, including me, and for good reason, uh, that Ben Johnson was coming to Washington, D.C. for a while. Turns out that there was either a change of heart or an issue somewhere along the way, and, and he decided he's staying in Detroit. But the first obvious immediate blush reaction of the mainstream is not always what happens. But you're right. That is going to be the big story out of the hire of Kingsbury is that the commanders are going up to get Caleb Williams. Let's go to Vince and Akakeek on Grant and Danny. What's up, Vince? What's up,
4: guys? Hey, buddy. So, real quick before we go go football, um, I was a little disappointed that the day that y'all broke the news about the, the show uh, this past Friday, I had already got tickets for a date night for me and the wife to uh, jump into a genre that Danny knows well, a comedy show. Who'd you see? Um, had I had already had date night tickets? Cause you know, gotta keep the wife happy. Totally. Me and Vic would have definitely been there to uh, see the show. So I, I hope y'all had a good time. All that being said. It was fun.
3: Yeah, um, it was great, dude. Who, who'd you go see? Uh, Ali Sadiq. Oh, he's hilarious. He is
4: awesome. I worked with him years
3: ago. That's he's great.
4: Yeah, he he he, he was he was definitely worth the, uh, the 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 price of a mission.
0: Uh, be quick Uh-oh. for us, buddy. We got about thirty seconds here. What do you got? Okay, real quick.
4: I wasn't sure about the Dan Quinn hire, but after hearing the press conference, I'm a, I'm a lot more sold. Uh, everything else, we're gonna have to wait and see. The scarf of being a Redskins fan, a uh, Commanders fan for so long, is still very much prevalent, but I'm optimistic.
0: Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I want to hear whether or not that was the case. It certainly seemed that way, just via social media and online with the people I was interacting with. Did today's press conference make you feel any better, and did you come out of it feeling differently? Because a lot of people are a sucker for the introductory presser. I know I am. And an hour of a guy who is able to spin a yarn a lot of times can make you feel pretty good about the way things are trending. Grant and Danny on the fans. Blackout curtains are a really good thing, Danny, in Las Vegas. You need those. I'm staying at a hotel just on top of uh, Fremont Street, which is like the most lit-up street I've ever seen in my life. And I got to tell you, man, I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll just leave the curtains open a little bit. It won't be that big of a deal. But midway through the night, I'm like, hardest pass ever.
3: Blinded by the light, dude. It doesn't shut down. So it's so loud. Yeah.
0: So bright. And I went down to the casino this morning just – I did get over here. I was trying to get over here by 9. It's like a maze at Mandalay Bay. So I was downstairs at my hotel in the casino at like, I don't know, 7.15 in the morning on a Monday. You wouldn't have known the difference between that and 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Like yep. It was just business as usual. It's crazy.
3: Every time I've been, the whole point of the city is to lose track of time. They, they don't They don't want you knowing what time it is. I mean, they can't stop you from wearing watches or, like, having a cell phone or whatever, but there's no clocks in the casino they don't want you to sit. Oh, I've been gambling for too long. They want you seated and putting that money down uh, on various hands of Pai Gow or Blackjack or Craps or, or or otherwise. It's but that city does not rest. It is a twenty four hour light and and buzzer fest. It's amazing.
0: I don't feel better about Dan Quinn after the press conference. I say that while acknowledging I thought the press conference was excellent, but I think this is. Something that he does well. I think he's a smart, uh, a sharp guy and a smart guy. I think he's a relationship builder. I think, you know, he is popular with players and coaches and the media alike because he's a dude. Like, he's the kind of guy everyone knows these people. You hang out with them a couple of times and you feel like you're their best friend. Or you just, he's got that thing politicians would kill for, right? Where you want to have a a soda or a beer Mm -hmm. with Dan Quinn. I expected today to go very well. The things I I like and I feel good about are the pairing between he and Peters, as I've mentioned quite a bit. And I do think that bringing over Joe Witt Jr., it further strengthens the opportunity Washington had to really make the Cowboys pay for losing a couple of staffers. I mean, you know this as well as I do. Joe Witt Jr. was going to take over as their defensive coordinator. That's right. Not anymore, my friend. He's calling the defensive plays here. Mm -mm -mm. So you've lost Quinn. You've lost your secondary coach. Two DBs in Dallas have led the NFL in interceptions the last three seasons. An all-pro, three Pro Bowls. He's done a really good job. So now they're interviewing Ron Rivera. No, they're interviewing Mike Zimmer for that D.C. job. And it's a lame-duck D.C. job. It's kind of the enemy situation where, minus a sale, I don't think Jerry Jones is selling. You may know more than I do on that. But... (laughs) You've got a head coach in McCarthy going into a year where if they don't make a deep playoff run, there is no chance he's back. So if you're a coordinator with McCarthy going into the final year of his deal, do you really want to hitch your wagon to him? They might have a hard time finding a great option. It might take Rivera desperate yeah. to try to hop back in. It's going or, to
3: be a retread Randy for that job. Exactly. Yeah, Someone that's trying to claw their way back in. So, you know, you, you take your shot where you can get it because you can be very quickly off of everybody's lips in, in perpetuity again. Once you're Once you're out for a year... Or more going through the cycle, don't get any interviews, don't get any look. You know, you're doing weekly radio spots with people. You know what I mean? It, it, that's kind of where, where it boils to, right? So, yeah, I like the idea of weakening Dallas uh, an awful lot. That's that is exciting to me.
0: What did you make of Peters talking about them seeing eye to eye and seemingly agreeing on, you know, what they're looking for? He said, it, I don't mean that from a scheme standpoint, mm-hmm. but the players that they like, because I kind of thought as much as i love peters you know they're looking for these explosive you know violent angry fast players well who isn't right they're you know the what, NFL
3: football team that wants fast strong yeah,
0: guys <laughs> so you want your team to look like the 49ers me too so does, so does 31 other organizations i didn't know what to make of that really
3: yeah that's one of those you know i, I always do this joke but not not on stage but the kind of the, the bit is the new defensive guys being like we're going to be aggressive show me the first defensive guy newly hired is going can't wait to be passive we want to back off and give up ground. We want to we want to have the offense dictate to us and want to make sure that they feel comfortable. No one's ever said that. That's one of those opening press conference thing you say. I don't begrudge it, but it you know I, I kind of went oh I know that one. That's one of those uh, mad libs.
0: Semantics here, but Quinn says he won't use the word rebuild. There, he said recalibrating. But that was a pretty clear separation of GM and head coach for you, where I love that when Ron Rivera takes over running the whole building. He quite literally said this is a five-year plan. Roster building, okay. It's going to take time. We need people to be patient, but this is going to take a a while, right? That is the opposite of what Dan Quinn said today. He didn't promise anything next year, but he pretty clearly said we're aggressively going to try to turn this thing around, and he said I will never use the word rebuild.
3: Yeah, coaches don't rebuild. Players don't rebuild. Front offices do. Adam Peters rebuilds. Dan Quinn coaches everybody to the maximum. He's not sitting there going, if I coach this guy at 64%, we might lose one more game, get a better draft pick next year. That's not the metric how you're judged. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You coach your bag off, and that's that. That, That's all you have to worry
0: about. I love that. We've got some of the best of the Dan Quinn press conference coming your way right at the top of the hour here on Grant and Danny. We promised you earlier in the show, though, that we'd be giving away Caps tickets to the Josh Harris Bowl against the Devils February 20th. So let's give away the first pair at 800-636-1067. Right now, caller number 10, you're going to see the Caps and the Devils. Tuesday, the 20th at Capital One Arena. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com. We'll be giving these away all week so if you want to win tickets to the caps you'll have another chance to do so tomorrow next on grant and danny that dan quinn press conference some of the moments that we think you need to have heard right here on the fan
1: how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage